he had asked me if I could uh, ferry a twin, and it was super windy and turbulent. We aborted the takeoff. I had like a 737 coming behind me. Okay. All right, well, you want to get started? You, you want to do the intro or me? You're so good at it. Hey, welcome back, guys. It is Alyssa with Cockpits and Cocktails. I am one of two of most fly set and i'm here today with my girl kelly somebody told you that you were talking too much or something on a podcast and i was like well that whole podcast i felt like i talked like so i apologize if i talk too much no you don't like all excited to catch up it has been so long sun and fun's coming up and i cannot wait because we have not seen each other we have not embraced and can you bring can you bring the astronaut to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I moved the astronaut. He's usually right here, but I thought he doesn't look very good in the camera. So he's actually over there looking at me. <laughs> My best friend. Yeah. yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? Oh man, I've been great. You know, we were. Um, We've been super busy. I know you've been busy. I've been busy. And um, I don't know why exactly. And I think, what am I doing? Why do I feel so busy? I kind of feel like the last year was kind of put in slow motion and we were all like kind of laid more back. And now I think things are starting to kind of get back in the groove and pick up. And, you know, this time last year we were, you know, hosting podcasts every night live on Instagram because we were bored at home. And we were like, well, we don't have anything planned. We have nothing to do. And we were so sad about it. Now it's like all of these things are popping up on our calendars again. And I'm starting to feel the weight of it. And I'm like, can we find a happy medium here just somewhere? <laughs> I know. Of course we want to do all the things. You just mentioned oh. the stall thing in Nebraska. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. You know, it's all these things. FOMO. I 100% fear of missing out. I honestly, and that's half the time why I camp at Sun and Fun or Oshkosh or something, because it's not because I want to be cheap and stay in a tent. It's because I have a fear of missing out that like, if I leave that airfield, something cool is going to happen and I'm going to miss it. So, well, I just don't know if anything cool could happen without you being there. Oh, <laughs> so kind. But, um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I thought, you know, we could talk a little bit about what I just did. And you and I have kind of done this before. Um, Well, not together, but you've done it and now I've done it. And so I thought maybe people might want to know what it it, what's all what it's all about. Fairy flying. So um, I thought we could talk a little bit about that. And then I thought we could talk, 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 touch a little bit on the scholarship thing, because I'm getting ready to offer another one. You've got one. And I thought we could maybe talk about um, the scholarship process and any kind of like tips and things that we want to give to those that are going to be applying for scholarships. What do you think? Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Um, Yeah. Being in the scholarship process, it's been definitely a learning process. Uh, being on your committee and having my own and applying uh, every side of it, you see something different. And I think it's valuable to those that are applying. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So I just got back from a ferry flight that was cross country in a 
Wait, a fairy flight, F-E-R-R-Y or F-A-I-R-Y? F-E-R-R-Y. Okay, not like the little No, fairy. not like the little fairy. Tinkerbell. <laughs> Clarifying for everybody. So I've always heard, and I've always thought I'd be interested in, in fairy flying because I think you'd get to fly all these different kinds of airplanes. And, um, my, you know, the, we know some people that have done fairy flying, and it seems like it would be really fun. By the way, do you remember, um, what was the, it was Sarah Rovner? Yeah. <laughs> I just got, I got stuck in the Arctic. Was that? Yeah, that time I got stuck in the Arctic. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. Never in a million years would I just be like, oh, yeah, I was stuck in the Arctic. I hate it when that happens, yeah. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> she flies airplanes everywhere. I did not go to the Arctic, but um, I did fly from Cincinnati to um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, I've gotten to know someone that... Um, has some fairy flying opportunities and he asked me if I'd be interested in ferrying this Cessna Turbo 210 to um, Phoenix. And I was like, well, yeah, but I don't know how to fly a turbo. So he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be in Cincinnati. So I'll teach you. And it's like, okay. So we did um, a flight. We spent a couple hours doing some, you know, stuff in the pattern and, going over some things in the turbo and it, it really wasn't that complicated. So it's kind of a heavy plane. It's almost like a 182, but it's a six seater and just a little bit bigger, heavier, but it was really fun. You know, it's really fast and it's uh, retractable gear, which I hadn't flown in a long time and um, yeah, constant speed props. So it was kind of like getting refreshed with, with all that. And of course my biggest fear with the retractable gear is forgetting <laughs> to put the gear yeah, down. Absolutely. I just saw recently that somebody had a uh, gear up landing and it just breaks your heart. You know, um, I, I'm thinking about fairy flights, you know, I did a fairy flight a year or so ago, but my thought is, is like, what are you comfortable in? Like if you're not used to just jumping in every single plane, they're all different. A little bit different even if it's the same if it's a piper archer yeah it's a piper archer but there are different different things about these planes and how, how do you choose like if if you're comfortable or not you know like what would you say was your do you just like hey let's fly it see if i'm comfortable or yeah, you yeah know? totally and um he was like you know there's no timeline and um, we can spend as much time in it as you feel until you're comfortable and and it really wasn't that difficult and, you know even in like 172s the cockpits they're all different so sometimes you have round gauges sometimes glass uh, panels and I think it was you know kind of gone back and forth and I think it's good to be comfortable with that but I like see. checklists are like everything you know it Girl, just yeah, it, it makes sure, you know, with the retractable gear, um, I knew if I followed the checklist, you know, there's a, a slim chance that I would forget. As long as you're reading it and you're doing what it says, you know, sometimes you can just skim over them and you just kind of like gloss over it and you think you kind of know what you're doing, but you really have to like, okay, make sure you're paying attention to that exact thing and doing it, you know, calling it out. 
I feel like changing aircrafts really makes you read them and not just, oh, yep, 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 yep. Because you know, I know, you get into a plane, you've flown 20, 40, 80 hours, you know, whatever. All of my training was done in a warrior. And I just, you know, would kind of, yep, nope, good. You know, and it, it, and you really, you think you went over them, but did you even read them? Like you just glanced at it. So you just go through the procedure. You just go, yeah, I'm thinking about it. So. And I think it's good. Like I, and even he was like, you know, I want you to take someone with you. Um, And I was definitely wanting to take some with someone with me just to help me um, make sure I'm paying attention to what I need to be looking at and help me. I think I was going to ask that question is like, do you feel more comfortable flying it alone because, you know, then you have like focus all on it by yourself or would you feel more comfortable with someone that can help at least manage? It doesn't have to be a pilot necessarily, but at least somebody that can help you with maybe your iPad or your, your checklists or, you know, give them tasks. Um, yeah. I think that's a huge thing. Like even as me not being the pilot in a plane now, I'm like, give me something to do. Yeah. I know that we are the safest possible. Like you need me to tie everything down properly. You need me to do all these things. I can do that just so that I know peace of mind. Yeah. I mean, maybe because like if I were to fly that particular airplane again, I might feel more comfortable by myself, but, um, in particular, like in the in the very end, the last leg, we actually were supposed to go to Phoenix, but we wound up not making it to Phoenix. We we had some some things in Albuquerque, so it was like another two hour flight from Albuquerque to get to Phoenix. And what I really liked about having someone with me was I didn't second guess myself so much. I mean, I heard things differently, but so did he. So. If it had just been me, I might have been like, oh, I'm just hearing things or that can't be right. You know, but we 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 actually aborted the takeoff there from Albuquerque to head to Phoenix. And we both looked at each other at the same time while we're, you know, I'm going pushing the throttle forward. And we were both like, something's not right. And if he hadn't been with me, I don't know if I would have pushed through and thought, oh, that's probably fine um, or not. So it was kind of nice. And I felt kind of um oh what's the word when someone kind of uh not supports you but I just felt like okay it wasn't just yeah, me you had that second opinion yeah it does make me think I just actually uh watched our our flying club had a safety seminar and it was talking about the accident um that they like misheard the communications like it was like the worst accident in aviation history it was a you know, airlines that were at this smaller airport because of something. And they, they thought they heard something. They thought they had clearance, but they didn't have clearance. They went to take off. It was foggy and another plane was on the runway back taxiing and they were taking off and they had to swerve to miss. And it was like the deadliest airplane. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. On I, that I, too. I, yeah. It was a long time ago before I was in aviation, but I just, um, it, it made so much sense to me being a pilot because if you had the, the first officer in that plane, you know, heard it, but he didn't, the, he, he said to the captain, like, um, I don't think we were cleared. And he's like, we were cleared. And had he, you know, trusted that there would have never been an accident. And yeah. so 
I think having that extra just ears, eyes, especially like when you fly into like Oshkosh or those things, like it's just so good to have someone to be kind of relaying those things with you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with questioning and asking again, you know, and just saying like, could you repeat that? Or, um, if we don't, aren't hearing the same thing, yeah. Let's say something. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of one of those weirdos that like I don't have my IFR uh, at this point. And so I was flying up and it was, you know, with some I had a passenger, not a pilot. And we were flying to Minnesota and flying up there and we were over the top of the clouds. And I was like, OK, I can see through the clouds. I can see through. And I was kind of telling him like okay, if we can see through the clouds here, we'll be fine to get back. Like we can come back around and go through here if we can't get to our position that we're going. Cause there was like these layers of clouds and like, you know, but once we got to Chicago, like the, you know, it opened up at the, um, the great lakes there or whatever, Lake Michigan. And it was like, okay, I'm fine. You know, but like, I start like talking through things and like vomit word vomiting things. So that they know what's going on, but they know what to look for too, to be able yeah, to help. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, well, think, talking in the cockpit and just like clear communication, huge. Yeah. One of the things from our um, incident, I think that I sort of learned was um, to set that kind of tone, like the professional kind of tone in the cockpit from the get go so that, you know, the person knows okay, this is serious. You know, I need, you need to be doing this. I need to be doing this. And, um, you know, we can have fun and relax, but we're flying a plane. Yeah. 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 We have duties. We have things to do. Yeah. Have all the fun, but we also, you know, need to really manage our cockpit and all of that. And I'm really, I'm really picky when I'm flying, um, you know, like when I'm in the pattern or like base to final or even within like five miles of the airport, I'm like sterile cockpit unless I need something. Don't ask me unless it is valuable to what I am seeing or doing. Or if you see a plane, tell me. But, you know, don't don't mess with the, the flow of things, you know. Yeah. I know some people do not get that, though. Even when I tell them from the get go, I'm like, okay, please don't talk during like takeoff, you know, when I'm getting ready to land and they talk, talk, talk. And I just, I just ignore them. I'm like, I just ignore them. You have to set those standards with the people that you're, you know, that's all in your pre-flight. That's all in you, you know, talking through your emergencies with your passengers. And especially if they're not pilots or if they are pilots, sometimes more so because they don't. They're like, yeah, we're fine, you know? Yeah. Um, But I had someone, I was going to land an airplane and I had plane full of people and bags and we were traveling. And one of my friends up front um, FaceTimed his wife as I'm landing. Like, hey, how's it going? Like, look. (laughs) And I'm like, ah! Like, who does that? Like, why are you doing that? Like, video it and send it to her. But, like, I was just so, like, her voice and him, like, banter. Oh, that's so distracting, yeah. It's very distracting. And so, like, I was like, do not do that again. Like, you cannot do that. Like, that is not. And that was my fault. And you learn from yeah. all of this. Yeah. Um, 
I learned a lot from my ferry flight. Um, you know, you did your ferry flight. It's, it's good to kind of take, you know, I'm sure you wrote notes afterwards of things that you do differently or change yeah, or like, right. things. you know, uh, for me, um, I did the ferry flight with my CFI. He's like, Hey, do you want some extra tailwheel time? You know, flying from Idaho back to Springfield. It was like 10 hours in flight. We actually were booking it, man. Like we were doing like 190. Wow. And a scout, like what? <laughs> it was, I was like, this is so fast. It was so fast. Um, but it was just the winds were really helping us. Um, so we were coming back from Idaho and you know, things that I never thought about when you're doing a ferry flight, um, the, the guy that was getting the plane ready for us to pick up was really diligent on everything, helped me like show me how to properly uh, fuel the plane because every plane is a little bit different. So uh, fueling a scout, you know, with bush wheels is a little different. Uh, so doing that also like monitoring the engine and the J I think it's a JPI um, little thing you know, having that really helped because you could see your like lean and like if you were hot and you oh know, yeah, like, yeah. So like I'm like, man, I really want one of those in my next plane. Like a lot of planes Well not blue had that. It's like digital and it just gives very yeah, specific information. Very yeah. specific. And you can like every hour write those numbers down to show where you're at and like you can I mean it just like performance wise, he was just telling me XYZ like how that all worked and it was amazing. And so it really helped me um you know then we start our journey and we're flying and I mean we had fuel for days in the scout like the scout has ridiculous tanks so you can go a long time but we were flying at like 11,000 feet and I'm like are we gonna die up here I'm like looking at the time and like we don't have oxygen you know like but he's like well we're gonna get up here because we had to go over some mountains and so I was like okay fine but he wanted to stay up there because the winds were really awesome yeah. and and so I had a pull socks on and I yeah. was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I was like breathing, like, can I get it to go down? Am I okay? Yeah. Am I like coherent? You know, like it was just like, so like, I've been told not to do this, you know? And, and it wasn't that we were like defying, like, but there's things to consider when ferrying an airplane. You don't know the aircraft as well. You don't know if it has, it, you know, might have some issues. If you're over mountains, you want to be as high as you can over the mountains. You don't want to be 50 feet over them. Totally. Um, yeah. You, you know, and it was when it was gusty through going through the mountains and or over the mountains. And then when we got around all of that, we were still at 11,000. And I was like, well, why don't we get down a little bit? And he's like, well, he's like, it's still a really crummy terrain. He's like, look at it this way. So he's like, we're in all these open spaces, like coming through like Wyoming and all of those. And there might be a lot of flat ground, but like, you don't know what's flat and what's not. It could be really bouldery and rocky, but you know, there's a town like 50 miles away that you can see. And then there's another town 50 miles away. He's like, whatever you do, you know, you have your, you have your intended route. But unless there's mountains coming up, he's like, follow the road. If you see a road, you don't have to follow it like a snake, but he's like, follow it, just creep towards it. Because mm -hmm. then you know you have a place to land. You know somebody's going to be driving on it and can help you. If you just land in the middle of nowhere because you're flying 3,000 feet over terrain, then 
you're screwed. You're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You're in the middle of nowhere. Like who's coming after you? How yeah. long is it going to take? So just things like that. I never even thought about ferrying an airplane. Um, the pull socks is definitely something I would always have in a ferry flight just because you don't know, like, you know, your, your, you know, flight levels you're going to be at and, uh, well, you do, you should plan those, but, um, yeah. you know, just like you might have to go a little higher than what you thought or, you know, vice versa. And, um, I've had an issue with my plane when I had it, um, the muffler came apart and like carbon monoxide and things like, so I, I you know, it's just stuff like that, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think one of the bit like the biggest things, um, cause my uncle ferried a lot of planes and he, had said it's it's one of the most dangerous things you can do because you don't know that airplane right. at all and you're getting in a plane and you're trusting it and you've got to be prepared for like everything um and i think you know with this plane so i got some of the things that that i did that i've never done before was i got an oxygen tank um to take with us because i knew we would be going you know there's going to be some some higher terrain there i think in um phoenix or was it albuquerque i mean albuquerque has some Albuquerque's pretty high yeah so um you know we anytime we were above ten thousand feet uh we were using the the oxygen and it's not a simple um kind of thing you know i had to i bought the tank and it wasn't full i bought it from sporties but it wasn't full i had to find somewhere to to get it filled up and that was kind of kind of hard to do um and then like i had to have it shipped back because because it was left there. So now I've got to get it shipped back. So it's kind of a, you know, it's not a simple just hop in the plane and go. And and it took us like three days because we had a weather delay for a whole day where we were stuck. Um, you know, the, the conditions are very different there, like through the plains, it's, it's really windy on the ground. You know, it's so much higher winds than what, what I'm used to here in Cincinnati. And then the terrain is rising as you're going further and further West and you got the, you know, density, altitude, and all that stuff to, to worry about. And the guy that was with me is actually a student pilot. So there's a little bit of pressure and and making sure I was showing him kind of the, the safe, right things to do, which right. probably helped, you know, in a way, because I was really thinking through it, making, checking everything. Yeah. I feel like new planes, like I'm so much more thorough and like focused on what the plane is doing, what I need to do, because I don't know where all the buttons and levers are, you know, it's like, yeah. yes, the plane, you push the gas forward, it's probably going to take off. Like, yeah, but you know, things can happen. So yeah. you have yeah. to be prepared for things, you know. Right. And the airports are so, like you mentioned, there's so much more spread out the further west you go. It's. I, you know, I'm so thankful I trained where I did now because, you know, Illinois is flat and there's an airport every 30 miles at least. Yeah. And so, I mean, you just pop around, but yeah. out there, like. No, it's definitely I, something you need to think about. You know, you may not want to, you may not be able to fly the, the most direct route just because right. you don't want to be yeah. over the middle of nowhere. I think our flight was like, you know, here's the United States and we were like, like yeah. you know because mountain ranges are too high or you know whatever right. we'd go through a valley or then you have to watch the weather to make sure like those spots are going to be open in your route and you know we could fly like three hours at least before stopping I mean 
I think about three hours we were all, we were both ready to get out of the plane. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so it, it worked out really well, but three hours, you're just like kind of exhausted, need to get, move, move your body a little bit. And, but yeah. So fairy flying for people that, that don't know what it is. Why don't you explain what actually fairy flying is? <laughs> Yeah, you put on your little wings and a blooper. Okay, <laughs> that'll be in the next Instagram. That is totally going on now. video. <laughs> now Natalie knows how to capture all my perfect sides. Yeah. <laughs> so a fairy flight is, you know, essentially somebody needs to get an aircraft from point A to point B, and maybe they're not even a pilot. Maybe they're selling the plane. Uh, maybe somebody's buying the plane or it needs to go to pre-buy or it needs to do any of these things. Um, it just needs to get from point A to point B. Most people will hire a commercial pilot and um, legally you can get paid to take the airplane for this person point A to point B. Another thing that we didn't really touch on is insurance. Um, you know, it depends, you know, what insurance you have as a pilot and what insurance is on the plane and what their insurance is going to Sometimes you have to, you know, purchase additional insurance um, to ferry the plane because you need to have, you know, X amount of hours and type or, you know, whatever ratings. So um, be checked out actually in that airplane that you're going to. Yeah, be yeah, exactly. Just to make sure that everybody's covered because you don't want something to happen and then you not be covered. Um, but yeah, you'd just be paid to take the aircraft from point A to point B and deliver the plane. And, and it, it you know, it, it causes a lot of pressure. And I think that's where there's, you know, some accidents and, um, you know, it's like, Oh, if I'm going to do a thousand dollars to take this plane from Florida to California in two days, but I need it there by this date because there's an air show. And, you know, I didn't know this till just recently, actually, that like all air show performers don't fly their planes to the air shows. They have a team that gets it there. And I'm like, what? Like, no, you just get to show up and look cool and do your flippy do. Yeah. And no, sir, you have to fly it there. You know, like, but then again, I'm like, is anybody hiring? I will carry your plane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will wave to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, though, isn't it? Like, a lot like, of pressure. like Patty Wagstaff's airplane out to get it to it'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> we'll form a female pilot ferrying company. Also, we have seaplanes. Um, we've talked about this. We're going to live in Florida, have a seaplane company. Uh, we're also going to do ferry flights and all like females. And yes, and, right. Know. Yeah. We need to totally. grow this. <laughs> um so like for yeah. me on a ferry flight like what would be some like you you get flown you know Joe Schmo flies you to Idaho to pick up this scout you get there you're fueling it up you're checking everything over you're doing your pre-flight they paid for your flight they need the plane in two days let's say something's wrong with the plane I mean what what is your no or what is your go or no go? Like how much are you willing to 
I guess, you know, you know, like when we left it in Albuquerque, there was a couple of different things that we had noticed about the plane. And because it was probably, you know, my first long trip in, in this particular airplane, my taught like my tolerance or whatever for anything uncomfortable was lower. Low. Yeah. Yeah. Just like especially <laughs> the mountains. You're, you know, hey, this is the plane you trained in a thousand hours. You know this plane like the back of your hand, but you notice something different on it. You're like, mm, that should probably get looked at. You know, yeah. I feel like some people would just kind of ignore those things, especially when it's on a deadline. It's money. It's, you know, and I, I think, don't think I would. I don't know if I would take a job where I had a, I had to meet a specific deadline. I don't like that pressure, and I don't want to like. I, w- I would probably just say I'll do my best, but I can't promise that. You know, yeah. this is this is just how general aviation is. Things yeah, and I think that's that's respectable. But at the same time, you know that there are people like that, or you know, it, you know that people have to be somewhere on a timeline. So yeah, I think to you know also like the the turbulence and um, you know the physical demand of flying in you know heavy winds and you're landing and it's it's you know it's very physically and mentally demanding and then the like turbulence we had turbulence like the whole time it just that just did not go away I feel like the whole trip and Um, and that's just yeah I don't like it and it's very it's exhausting to me yeah I don't like it I don't I don't like it I like smooth air and so um, if you're mentally and physically, sometimes you're working a little bit harder than if it was just a smooth flight and it's kind of like, oh, I could fly for, you know, 10 hours doing this. Yeah. Well, that's different than when you're yeah. fighting the plane and turbulent and all that. Well, and I feel like my circumstance, like I'm not commercially licensed. And so, you know, it wasn't my ferry flight, but I was able to do it with my CFI to get more experience. I think it was really great for me to do. So I highly recommend people do that just to, you know, get that experience in the flying. Um, It wasn't for me to get like free hours or anything like, but I learned a lot from it. And um, you just never know what little things like, you know, when I write notes and things, it's just, you know, things that you pull from it 10 months down the road that you had wrote down. It's like, oh, yeah. True. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Well, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing another one. We, You and I should do one at some point. <laughs> the best fairy team ever. Yeah. Are you, are you working on your commercial license right now? Yeah, so I was working on it, and then I had some, you know, things kind of come up, so... Yeah. Uh, I was I was like a few hours into my ground. I, I really wanted to finish up my. Uh, I wanted to go take my written before yeah. I started flying because I I have the hours. I have yeah. most of you know the requirements. It's just right. being proficient and. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's just like I I know I can throw a couple thousand dollars at it if I saved it back and did it, but I don't want to just string it out because I'm waiting on my written. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. So part two. Ready? (laughs) Let's talk about scholarships because I don't know if you noticed, but you see this very like Bahama kind of shirt I've got on right now. I do see your Bahama shirt. Doesn't it look all like uh, islandy or something? 
Um, it looks very corally and beautiful on and you. Right, right? right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just did a little video for a seaplane rating scholarship that I'm getting ready to do with Sporties once again. Yay. So can, can I apply I, for it? Huh? Can I apply for it? Um, sure. <laughs> I feel like you don't get any choice in it. I feel like Sporties needs to pick. Oh, you know, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. They really trust my judgment, though. <laughs> they should trust your judgment enough to help a girl out. <laughs> um, but I know that you have had one that you've been working on. And so I thought, and it's funny because I just wrote a recommendation letter for um, a friend of mine that was applying for a scholarship. So we kind of got all this kind of scholarship stuff going on. And I thought we could talk a little bit about um, anything with the scholarships that you think might be helpful to, to the listeners. Yeah, I think um, so. I, in the last year or two, I've kind of helped you on like the committee of scholarships or whatever you want to call my role in that. And then um, I raised some money for a scholarship and I'm just now getting around to giving it away. So um, as you can see, there's just a few things to read in my house. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, and then I applied for a scholarship and I didn't get it. Womp, womp. And so now <laughs> anyways, um, so I think there's a few things being on every side of the spectrum of scholarships that we can talk about to help others when applying for scholarships um giving you know applying like all of these things have kind of like crept into my mind um first off i'm upset that you and i can't win our scholarships because we're you know so good friends um, right. people yeah. would definitely think it was rigged yeah totally um can you just like make up a name and put it on there and maybe then i wouldn't really know it was you <laughs> life red <laughs> yeah that's my alter ego. So you guys, uh, I, I just go get that Instagram. One. But um, yeah, so let's start with, um, I guess let's start with giving away the scholarships because you've, you've given away a couple scholarships. I'm working on my first one. It's so hard to like manage everybody's submission. And one of the, submissions that I really stuck out to me. It started with, you probably won't even get to read this. And I was like, B-I-T-C-H, I'm reading it right now. Like I wanted to type on there, like I'm reading it, you know? But at the same time, I get it because when I'm reading 50, 100, 200 scholarships or, or committees, they, they get lost. Um, they get lost in just the monotony of reading all of these essays. So, um, so yeah, it's really hard to kind of like hone in and pick something. So, um, a few things that stand out for me in reading them are that you really like put the effort forward to work more jobs, to put your best foot forward, to be involved in anything you can in aviation, just to get that extra edge um to you know i think the most successful thing that i've ever done in aviation has been to communicate to others and you know use your resources i've never 
had somebody just like hand me a $2,000 scholarship and be like, you know, here you go. Um, I, I've worked for things and I've, I've gotten opportunities, but, um, I wouldn't say that they're $2,000 scholarships, you know, Hey, new fly girl glass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I think it's just, um, you need to stand out. You need to put in there that you're really like working hard. Like I, I get the stories of like how everything's fallen apart and those tear up my heartstrings. But like, I want to know, like, you are so strong to like get up and like work through it, put in the effort. Like I want to help out somebody that is working so hard, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely tell. Um, so usually, you know, people submit their essay and then I can look at their resume. The, the recommendation letters, I, I don't really use those a whole lot to help because I just feel like they're going to ask people that are going to say good things about them. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I like the essay to be very personal. Like I want to know everything about, I don't want this, all these cliches and, and, quotes and um things that I've heard a gazillion times and I don't want to I don't want to read a letter that I feel like they're just telling me what I want to hear right I wanna hear their story and I want to yeah. hear um uh how being authentic and just yeah. being yourself and yeah where you come from what you're doing with your life where you're going yeah um I I, I honestly I know this is terrible but I've been reading essays that are like, I'm graduating high school and I'm going into college and it's going to cost me $20,000 this semester. So I need to help fund it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, you know, I know there's, there are, you know, student loans and scholarships and, you know, there's so many opportunities out there in that realm. So, you know, maybe that essay is, you know, for that, but like, I want it to be more personal. I want it to be, about, you know, your aviation journey and not so much that you need a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree with that too. Um, because everybody wants, you know, money to help pay for it. You know, who doesn't? I, I I would like to think that my $2,000 scholarship is going to help somebody finish their, your, their rating or starter rating or, you know, something of that nature and not just be thrown into a bucket of debt, you know, and maybe that's wrong of me, but that's just how I see it on my end. So I want to see the more personal side of it. Yeah. Even if that's the journey they're going on, you know? Yeah. I also like to hear, um, you know, what their involvement in other aviation type things are, even if they're not, um, you know, maybe pilots yet, but they been in young eagles or they have hung around the airport or there's other things because there's so many easy ways to um to quit you know with flying because it's so hard you just stop yeah so i want to feel like this person's really invested in in the community and in aviation and it's not just kind of kind of like this well tomorrow it could be something totally different because they've been kind of investing in it thus far you know as much as they can Right. Absolutely. I mean, when I, I I didn't know about scholarships. I didn't know anybody in aviation. When I started, I literally spent every waking moment at the airport. I went flying three times a week to get my license. I worked every hour I could to fund 
you know, my flying. And then when I couldn't fund it that week, I put it on my credit card. And then I, you know, the next week I'd fund it as much as I could. And at the end of it, I had some credit card debt, but I was able to work my butt off after that and then pay it off, you know? So it's, it's like just knowing that like people are immersing themselves in it and really driven to finish it. Not just. If it works out in their schedule. (laughs) I I honestly, I had somebody approach me um, and she had said something like, um, she never, she's written 10 scholarships and never gotten any scholarships and how she just didn't think it was fair. And, you know, and I'm, my, my, my thought was, well, keep trying, you know, I, you know, I've not gotten anything given to me to get my scholarship. So like there's opportunities out there, but like, it's like winning the lotto as well. Like what, what are you doing to improve your odds of getting those scholarships? Are you posting positive things on, on social media to, you know, and, and social media is not the be all end all to the scholarship world. But I will tell you that when I'm looking at scholarships, I'm going to look up who this is. And it says, Amanda, whatever. So I'm going to try to find her. That's why I actually included it. Like, let me know what your Instagram or whatever is that way. I'm not saying that I need you need to have a following. I'm not saying any of those things. I just want to look and know that your page is about positivity and helping other women and helping the community and being involved in aviation and you know that it's not a mean person or someone that's very negative so I mean that's I the scholarship's all about giving back and you know being that light and not you know sucking everybody into a hole you know so I think that's something I really look at and yeah and we do have social media to help to help us build the picture of who this person is. Right. So, and I know like businesses and employers, everybody uses it now. Like, yeah, you're a, I don't know if you saw this this week, but somebody is a a male pilot posted on a female pilot's page and he was reprimanded for it lately because your employers are on there watching your, you know, if you're applying for a scholarship, they're going to be looking you up. They're going to be like, what's this person about? Because, you know, I can't tell on a piece of paper who you are, so I'm going to try to find out. Yeah, right, right. And that, I think references kind of help that, but I'm not going to contact 200 references. Yeah. I'm going to pick the top five. I'm going to look at their Instagram. I'm going to look at, you know, whatever they've got, check it out. If I can't really figure it out or put my finger on something, I'm going to give the references a call and be like, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah, I think a part part of the um, you know when you're submitting the things for the for the uh, application or scholarship, uh, part of it for me is not necessarily that I'm um, looking to those references to to really say something to me about you. It's not going to make or break whether or not you get the scholarship. What I want to know is that you can follow directions and you right. can and submit so the things that have been asked. If you can't provide a copy of your logbook and that's all it's asking, you know, it's like I asked for, you know, just can I have a picture of the last page of your logbook? So, you know, here's the last page of somebody's logbook. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
what I can see here is they're it's all training flights. Awesome. You know, it's like they're they're going through the motions and you know, she's got 19 hours. She's working towards, you know, whatever. She's got 17 landings, you know, or 72 landings. You know, it's like I can look at this and be like, okay, that's great. You know, she's you know, and she's been going every week for the last three months. These aren't like one month. You know, it's it's not like January, June, November, December, you know, and, and those are what it comes down to if I have to really narrow it down. Yeah. I'm not looking at those specifically, but those are just kind of things that I'm looking for. And um, and I would I would want somebody to look at those things of mine. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if my logbook's sitting here and, you know, if you look at the last logbook entry, it, it was like Hawaii, you know, so it was like, okay. Uh, so when was the last time I flew by myself? Like, you know, January. And then I flew in February in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, it's like not very consistent. But before that, it was December, 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 November, 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 you know. Yeah. Pretty consistent, you know, yeah. the weather permitting, whatever. But, yeah. You know, it's like within reason. But if you're trying to get through a rating, I want to know that you're. Yeah. Fully and committed, making sure you're getting it, getting it done. And I put on mine that you did not have to have any hours. You did not have to have any of that. Just provide it if you have. And if you haven't, explain like, oh, I'm just starting and I don't have a logbook yet. Or, you know, but I also need to know, like, what's your motivation? Because you have to show me that you're going to put the effort forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. Well, sometimes you can see. Like, like 50 dollars or whatever we got like go spend it at the airport yeah <laughs> yeah I think yeah the resumes help somewhat me kind of put piece together okay is this person able to commit to something and stick with something for a while you can look at like where they've worked and things right. like that especially if they're not like um you know it's the job that it's not very glamorous, but they are consistently putting in the work and sticking yeah. to it and they're committed to it. Then Absolutely. I'm like, okay, that they're not switching jobs every month. So. Absolutely. Like I look at those kinds of things and you know, it's like, Oh, if they've taken two jobs or three jobs, yeah. even if it's a two hour a week, like they're at least doing it, you know, and it's at least, you know, trying to help fund their, you know, aviation dreams, because we all know it's not easy. It's not cheap. It's, you know, and it, I, you know, I own a salon. I work in a salon. I have it for, I have for 13 years. So I can go and work more hours and make more money. And I understand that some people can't do that. Yeah. But, you know, if you get off at five o'clock every day, you can waitress on the weekends. You can, you know, ask for a job at the airport mm -hmm. and floors, you know, like, I mean, I honestly at one point contemplated mowing grass for the airport because yeah. I could be at the airport. I could make money to fly. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, True. Um, anything else that you thought was important for people? Being authentic and getting personal in your essay is huge. Making um, sure your resume and uh, any other documents are backing up or supporting how you can commit to something and how you're willing to put in, put in work. All these things are kind of piecing together, 
you and know what me i'm a stranger i don't know you so i have to use these things make sure they're representative that you are a hard-working uh dedicated individual you know right? something that has really stuck out to me as well um you know i I did put on my scholarship, like, hey, reach out. You know, I put on there, like, let me know your social media. I've had people like, hey, do you know when you're, you know, going to choose the winner for your scholarship, just like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm working on it. It's going to come out, you know, in April probably. And, you know, whatever. Well, just because they reached out to me, then I follow them back because I wasn't following them before and I don't have to seek them out. And then I can see like, oh man, she's doing a lot of really cool things. And like, she's donating her time to pilots and paws or, you know, just all of these things. And so then that just kind of prompts, like I had a conversation with somebody the other day about, you know, her skydiving and base jumping. And I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. I just besides the vacation that I don't know, you know, so it's, it's just really neat to, to have that. So I think. If you are applying for a scholarship, make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on with the scholarship and the person that's giving it and knowing kind of what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, it's, you know. Right. Put in a little little effort, you know, some of the scholarships that or the applications, the essays. Like I could tell I didn't really know what Fly Girl was or what just by the way they would um, – Kind of, it felt like it was just like copied and pasted and put like inserted. Um, I really want the Fly Girl scholarship, but and it was just like I don't think this person knows anything about Fly Girl. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you should offer some products. I'm like, yeah, actually, I do offer products. <laughs> That's what we are. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's like know what you're applying for. Yeah, yeah, so. And of course, for me, like if they know anything about me, they know that I like warbirds and stuff like that. So if you can add things that are super personal to the person that's hey. you know, got the scholarship, that's going to be a big fun. You've got the, yeah. you got it. Like, here's your scholarship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell us you're a cockpissing cocktail subscriber. <laughs> yeah. Do you listen to all of our podcasts? Do you know one that we you really like? Like, yeah. you know, those are things that you, like it's it's kind of common sense when you think about it. But until I had started this process and reading them and writing them, and I did a scholarship, and I get that like you want to make this long drawn out application process and pick the right person. But I'm going to tell you, I just did a scholarship, and I felt like it took me two weeks to get through all of that stuff. And I didn't win, obviously. Uh, not upset at all about it. But um, I get it. I get there's probably way better submissions out there. But at the same time, like, you know, I. It, it sucks to put all of your effort out there and put all of this information and then like to repeatedly not get yeah. it, you know, and I yeah. get that because I've been in that position um, and I don't have money flying out of my pocket. Yeah. Like that's not how I'm able to give away scholarships. So it's just one of those, like, you know, I, I think that some scholarships, you, there's too many things and I didn't want to make it that way. I wanted to be small, small yeah. town, more personal. And, um, so make it more personal when yeah. you're I agree. doing that. Definitely. 
All right. Well, wow. We've talked about a lot. We talked about so much. I know. I mean, we fun, wasn't it? Together. I'm so excited to get to see you and like actually have real people conversations and I know. Yeah. I'm excited. So that's not, I mean, that's coming up, you know, a couple of weeks, right? Sun and fun. It's yeah. It's like a week and a half. Years. Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get down there and, and I know they've cut back, I think on the, the amount of people that can come, but, um, yeah. They're limiting 30,000 a day, which I'm not sure how that really affects the weekdays, but I know the weekend, it will limit a little bit more. Um, so we'll see. So I have to confess something. <laughs> I rented an RV. <laughs> you know, we've talked about me tent camping and it was just like two weeks ago. I thought, I just don't know if I can do this tent camping thing <laughs> You're so funny yeah I get the RV thing and I get it like I I ended up getting a hotel on like that's right at the field so that's like perfect yeah um, I think when you're exhibiting it's a little bit different than yeah you're working all day for fun like if you're going for fun I don't mind camping and hanging out at my airplane and like that kind of but when you have to look the part every day and be in a booth from eight to five and be on and I'm going to lose my voice like day one. Yeah. I already know it. Like I'm like, I should start screaming every night to like train my Get voice. Get your voice ready. <laughs> Work like, hey, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, I'm going to be so excited. I'm going to have to bring some like throat lozenges or something because, yeah. you know, it's, we're just not used to being around that many no. people all the time. Right. Um, yeah. I'm excited, but I'm also like a little nervous about, like having to work and be around people for every single day, all day. And then, um, yeah, it's going to be tiresome and yeah. we're not used to that. We were used to that before. Yeah, and, I know. I know. Yeah. But so I, days right afterwards. I might be taking a nap if you guys stop by the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it was fun as always chatting with you. We, um, talked about the fairy flying and the scholarships and make sure if you're listening that you're looking out for the seaplane rating scholarship that yes. I'll be doing again with sporties. So I'm excited about that. Um, and Alyssa, I'm sorry, but you probably will not win if you do it live. <laughs> How about, um, we made a, make a deal with them that whoever wins, I'll go with them and do my seaplane rating. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be super fun. I, I have two or three hours. Yeah, yeah you told me you had some time. It, it, it's a fun, fun time. Okay, well, it was good seeing you. And make sure um, you subscribe if you have not subscribed yet. And thank you. I've got all these different beverages here that I've been drinking. I know coffee, and then there's like a vanilla cream that I got. Water. But um, anyway... Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks in person. Yep. Can't wait. Yay. Thanks for listening. Cheers, Alyssa. Cheers. Have a good day. All right. Bye.